evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. It's good to have you. we got a great show tonight. Bill London will be coming up in a little bit with all your news that you won't hear on the regular standard legacy newscast because they're afraid. Um, but he will do it and tell you what's going on around Oregon, around the nation, uh, for all of our Montana viewers. Our sponsors tonight um, are Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. And Dr. Bratlin will be here in just a little bit with a short little blurb on uh, uh, what, how he's getting so much business because he stands up for what he believes in. All of my businesses love freedom. Montana Oral Surgeons and Implant Center here in Helena, Montana, another sponsor tonight. Uh, you'll hear a little bit from them as well. Uh, and then Fairway Mortgage Company, uh, Greg Hinkle, these great guys, a mortgage broker, or actually a mortgage loan officer right here in Helena, Montana. But he's originally from Oregon, a transplant like me, and he can sell and help you if you're moving from Montana to Idaho to Montana to Washington to Oregon. He can help you with all that. Uh, and he also sponsored and loves free speech. So they will love that they are part of this show tonight. We'll hear from them a little bit later. But first, our first guest is in transit. Um, this is like a fun story for me because um, this has to do with the dark time, uh, the pandemic and the COVID experience. And Lucetta Elmer is a representative joining us from her car on the way to the Portland airport, heading to Vegas for some fun, but it's 90 degrees. And I appreciate you taking the time while you're doing this, uh, driving up to Portland on this trip. Of course, of course. The times we live in are great. You know, I, you know, I got to tell you, Lucetta, I'm excited because I just did an interview for later. I'm going to be gone at a conference and I'm doing some shows. A young man is pushing an initiative. It's going to be on the 2024 ballot if he gets enough signatures to open the primary in Oregon. And then I just talked to a lady about school choice, um, Oregon freedom, um, education freedom, and they're going to get enough signatures, I'm hoping, to get uh, school choice on the ballot in 2024. 2024 could be a really interesting year for Oregon and for the, for the legislature. What, what do you think? Yes, we, I, we're excited. I mean, we picked up a couple seats um, to get us out of the super minority this, this session, and we're hopeful for 2024 that we stay with that trend and we can pick up some more. But it's always interesting, for sure. So Lucetta, what is the mood like? I didn't say we we're going to talk about this, so I, I, I hope you're okay with this. But what's the mood like with the Senate? Um, you know, with these these 13 senators, that really gutsy move. Um, how is everybody else in the Republican Party feeling about all this? We are just continuing to do work as normal. You know, I mean. It's true. There's just a hallway that, that divides us. But also, I mean, we have all these bills and we have long floor ses sessions right now. And so we're just we're just doing our thing. And then we check in every day to see if anything's changed over in the Senate. And it has not. And uh, we have several senators who have reached reached their 10 day um, absent. And so that's you know, that's something we're going to have to watch and see how that plays out. Yeah. What a crazy, crazy law. Um, they kind of got that one over for a go didn't we? We kind of fell for that one. So what we're talking with Lucetta about is that um, Representative Bossart, is that right, sent, sent out a letter, and you guys were all a part of this, uh, to the governor saying um, there was a report out earlier this week saying there was like a little over $800,000 in outstanding fines for COVID uh, for businesses who didn't abide by the mandates and were fined. And now with all that we've found out since COVID and we know now it's easy to know, but now we know kind of what's going on. This letter is asking the governor to just, just, just let it go. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, Representative Bossart Davis. Um, she did. She she signed that letter. Or she she wrote the letter and and sent that to the governor, just asking that you know maybe this could be a really great opportunity for the governor to show the business community that we are all working together. And and this this would just be a wonderful act for her to to partake in. And so I'm hopeful that Governor Kotek could do this. It would it would mean a lot to the business community. I mean, our business community is still struggling post-pandemic and we're not back to where we were. Um, so this this would be a good move. Also, I mean, yesterday we had our May revenue forecast come out and things look better than we thought. So the state doesn't need the money. So let's go ahead and return it to the businesses that really desperately do need that money. What are the chances that she'll do it? Because I mean, if it was Governor Brown, we'd have absolutely no snowballs chance in hell. But, but because she's Tina Kotek, the governor, you know, didn't make that decision, didn't do that. I, I wonder if there'd be a backlash from people because I mean, there's still people that really believe that this, these people did the wrong thing and they shouldn't have done this and you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. I don't know. You know, I'm an optimist. I just hope she will. <laughs> and I, I'm a business owner. So I just think, why wouldn't she? This, this could be great. Um, you know, and I, I get it. I, I I hear those people that are saying they, they broke the law. But, you know, I mean, there were several of those fines that were really done, I believe, unintentionally. I mean, people truly trying to just stay open, survive. It was hard to keep up with um, the ever-changing laws coming out during the pandemic. So, you know, I think we could forgive those fines. I think the pandemic's over. Um, we could go ahead and, you know, we've suspended the laws around the pandemic. So let's just go ahead and suspend those fines and, and get business back to where it was and beyond. Yeah, because I think like there's one here in town that became very famous, Trudy's Place. And um, her husband had passed away of cancer. She needed to keep her business open. To, that, that's her income. So you have a single woman and this is her income. So there's a lot of, and there's that many stories behind every one of those places. It's not that people were just going, I mean, it took courage in some ways because they were saying, I, I got to stay open because this is what I do. I mean, I still had to work. I found ways around it, but I'm not a restaurant or a bar. I mean, we all had to find ways to kind of survive and not everybody had the choice of not staying open. So yeah, I'd be really gracious. And like you said, with the state in the place that it's in right now, just so so much friction, it would just it'd be something that was a salve that you could put between that, and then you go, well, eh, maybe we can still work together as Oregonians. Exactly, that's right. I hope she's watching. <laughs> do you have? So you're there. How much? How many days left do we have? Do you think? And what do you think's gonna? What, what are some things you're looking at? You know that that might make you feel good about what's coming out of the legislature. Being a Republican. Yeah, we have, I, don't, I think it's 32, 38, somewhere in there, days left. Um, there's, you know, being the vice chair of the Business and Labor Committee this session, there's not a lot that I can really get behind to celebrate. It's It's been a grueling yeah. grind and challenging, um, and it has not been pleasant or positive for business in Oregon. Um, there yeah. was one bill today that passed out of committee that I was very excited about. It was in my economic development and small business committee. And it was for the cottage food um, group and it's people that are, you know, baking in their home kitchens. It's, yeah. it's a commercial kitchen. But this bill is saying that as long as it's labeled 
as such, you know, they could sell those those foods. They had they can't be anything that would need refrigeration. Um, it would have to have a shelf life, but they could sell it and they could actually sell those foods in coffee shops. Um, that's a huge win. And, and it was a bit of a battle today, but we got it moved. Um, and so that that's exciting. That will come to the House floor for a vote. Um, but there truly, there truly hasn't been a lot to celebrate. You know, the set of what you find, <clears throat> my wife, we have our own, obviously this is our business. So we have a, you know, do all the paperwork and all that. We've been here a little over a year and it is so much more business friendly in Montana. And you, 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 you kind of assumed it wasn't in Oregon because there were so many little rules and we even like doing your taxes, like, you know, your estimated taxes and stuff. You only have to do it once a year here in Oregon is every three months. And, and it's just a, another headache that you have to go through with and trying to keep your business open. And here's like the lady when we call and she goes, oh, no, you send it at the end of the year. We don't, we don't care. We don't need to see it till then. We're like, oh, that's so much easier. I mean, it, it really is. And, and, but I think Oregon could be headed that way in the future. We just hope that, that you know, they, they need to look around and see. I, I have a friend who's super, super liberal, uh, does counseling and works for an agency and then went out on his own, started his own business. And I see him post one day. Why didn't ever do anybody ever tell me about estimated taxes? And I said, "Welcome to the business world in Oregon." Quarterlies, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucetta, thank you for for one serving our state um, and in my parents' hometown of McMinnville, Oregon. And we got to throw that name out there, right? We got to get yeah. McMinnville, Oregon's. The tagline for McMinnville should be Oregon's best downtown. I and, and you have some pretty good beer in your town too. And you have some awesome wine. <laughs> you are correct on all of those. So come yeah. visit. Okay. Well, thank you for joining. And thanks for taking the time to do this and have fun in Vegas. Don't lose too much. Thanks. All right. See you later. All right. Lucetta Elmer, uh, representative from McMinnville, Oregon, uh, talking about a letter that Republicans sent to the governor asking her to just give people a break. Um, people that, uh, felt differently about the mandates and uh, needed to stay open and did. Um, they're asking that she just forgive that and let's move on. Maybe that's kind of a peace treaty. Uh, let's go to our sponsor. Speaking of how we stay alive and do our business, uh, we got some great people and uh, we want to be sure to recognize them. still get patients once in a while. I had a patient the other day that came in and uh, said that they weren't being able to see, be seen at their office that they're currently at because they didn't get a vaccination. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, um, and so a lot of my patients actually come to us because uh, I back the blue. I, I believe in freedom of speech and, and, and freedom to decide if you want to put something in your body or not. So uh, we have a, like 90% of my patients and like, I accept everybody. I don't care if you have purple hair. I don't care if I don't, I don't care if you're transgender. I don't care. Like I'm accepting of everybody. I don't care. I don't, I don't really care as long as I, to me, it's more important if they're just a good individual. Well, I'm Jason Fleshman. I am one of the co-owners of Montana Oral Surgery. I'm an oral maxillofacial surgeon and I've been practicing for almost 25 years. I mean, this is a big country. And, and then the people who are here um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else, you know? They'll die for their state. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to live in a state where people are that passionate about where they live? 
I replaced teeth with dental implants. I removed cysts and tumors from patients' faces and jaws. Um, I performed oral maxillofacial trauma surgery, fixing people's broken jaws, cheekbones, eye sockets. Perform office space oral surgery and anesthesia. I removed teeth. I replaced teeth with dental implants. It's no joke. Yeah, you don't mess around. You don't put up with this harsh environment. This is like the last great place, personally. And you know, if you're not from Montana, you probably don't understand. Um, but if you're here, you know. And I just want to mention a couple of things. Oh, actually, a Facebook user wrote on here. <clears throat> Absolutely, let it go. Uh, the real hard data shows from 2019. Current proves that the lockdowns did nothing but harm, and the vaccines didn't save lives, but are still causing harm. Enough of this radical stuff. Um, I think you know what. I, I just want to mention this just before I um, just before we go to Bill London, who's going to do our news for us. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited in a way. I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of pushback. Um, from people. Uh, today, I don't know if you saw where Adidas uh, released that they're using uh, trans women uh, swimsuit models to sell women's swimsuits. And um, I posted it out there just to get some comments to see what's going on. And people are, you know, and people call it gaslighting. You can call it whatever you want. The more you scream at me and the more you try to silence me, the more I know we're getting somewhere. And that's what I feel like is happening in our country is people are getting it's, it's 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 getting so weird and crazy that people are starting to have to wake up and, instead of woke up and they're starting to get involved and say enough is enough. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. This is just absolutely dumb. And you can't call me a transphobe. You can't. Well, you can call me that, but it doesn't work. I'm not a transphobe. I'm not a homophobe. I'm not a racist. Um, I'm a guy who looks at facts and information, and I have a different opinion than some of you. And you get to let me have that because we still live in the United States of America. You know, I'm gonna tread on a little more, a little bit more. Um, I'll, I'll do that next week. Um, but I think we all just have to start working together, Democrats and Republicans. It, you know, there's a move in Washington to try to use the 14th Amendment to stop the negotiations uh, for the debt ceiling. And one of the reasons was that was listed uh, with the concerns of some of the Democrats with this letter is that um, the Republicans want to require more work from people who are receiving welfare benefits from those who are able to work to work. Why is that a bad thing to get to not give people incentive and make them feel better about who they are? By if we'll, we'll give you tax dollars from the federal government, but you, but you got to do something for it. Now, that doesn't that doesn't include for me single moms who you know can't afford daycare or people who are disabled. But if you are an able-bodied person and you expect to get money from the government to help you, and we want to help you, but you should have to do something for that. Um, and and to have ten million unemployed jobs that are available out there. And there's businesses struggling because they need people like you to work there. So why wouldn't we offer that incentive and then also help those businesses and help the people who are receiving the welfare? It's a win-win for everybody. But for some reason, these Democrats who are putting this out there uh, feel like it's, it's 
mean. I think it's mean to make people feel horrible about themselves. I think it's mean to, to give people money and not ask them to, to do something in return. I think that's mean. I think it's mean to not help businesses that are struggling because they can't get enough employees because people won't work because the government's paying them not to. I think that's mean. Maybe it's just our definitions are different. I don't know. But I feel like a change is coming. I feel like people are standing up and you will get attacked. Trust me. They will attack you and your friends will try to ruin you. Your former friends. It's how it works. But you know what? At some point, they're wrong. And at some point it shows up. Uh, right. LinkedIn user says we've created a, an entitled culture, one that looks wants to work. Everyone thinks they deserve things. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I don't think I deserve anything. I think I work for what I get. I don't think anything's handed to you. Um, and I don't want it to be, you know? So anyway, um, now we're going to check in with Bill London. Uh, and, and just for you guys' information, in a couple of weeks, I have some really cool, I did some interviews ahead of time today because I'm going to be gone. And Oregon, there's a move to open the primary in Oregon, which I'm really excited about. Wait till you hear that interview. And then there's a school choice initiative, uh, too, that are coming up. And they're going to blow you away. It's, it's common sense stuff. I know it's going to be hard to pass common sense in Oregon, especially when the unions come after if the OEA comes after them. I'm sure where they will. Uh, but it's exciting because people are thinking. And the other person who's always thinking, Bill London. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London. I do the wake up call 6 AM to 9 Monday through Fridays on KPNW AM. Also streaming at KPNW.com. Yes, we have the technology. And this look at the news brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland of Chris Dental, where they accept anyone. All right. Here's a look at some of the stories we're following tonight. In what is one of the worst kept political secrets, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to make his entry into the 2024 presidential campaign next week. The news on a launch next week was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. It was followed by every major news organization on the planet pulling out their usual unnamed sources confirming the run. The storyline follows thusly. His plan is to file papers with the Federal Elections Commission formalizing his presidential candidacy, timing it to coincide with a Miami gathering of some of the governor's most generous longtime donors who are expected to receive briefings on campaign strategy and requests to, well, give him cash. A number of people have said this is what he's going to do. A more formal kickoff event is expected to be held closer to June 1st. It's likely to occur in DeSantis's hometown of Dunedin, Florida, that according to sources familiar with his plans, but they're all unnamed. Montana, thank you for banning TikTok. We thank you. Now, if you could do the same with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Velveeta, we would all forever be in your debt. Everybody look at Montana and give them a pat on the head for doing something good. My God. Lawyers for wildfire victims in the $1.6 billion class action lawsuit against Pacificor 
also known as Pacific Power, rested their case after three weeks of testimony aimed at proving the utility's alleged negligence that caused four of Oregon's catastrophic 2020 Labor Day blazes. Pacific Corps lawyers started their defense on Wednesday. There's no definitive timeline when this is going to come to an end. The judge said he would like it to go in front of jurors sometime in June. Jurors in the Multnomah County trial are going to be determining Pacific Corps' responsibility, if there is any, for four fires. The Sandy Yam Canyon fires east of Salem the Echo Mountain Complex near Lincoln City, the South Open Chain Fire near Eagle Point, and the 242 Fire near the southeast Oregon town of Chiliquin. Over the last three weeks, plaintiff's lawyers paraded witnesses in front of the jurors to make their case that Pacific Corps was fundamentally unprepared for the events of 2020 in terms of wildfire planning. They also allege that a tree trimming program that state regulators found serially deficient. I love that word, serially. Anyway, they say that they were deficient with Pacific Corps service territory at unusually high risk of power line caused fires at a time when the company was paying out substantial dividends to its owners. The plaintiffs also suggest the utility limited its formal wildfire planning to a sliver of its service territory that it considered high risk and ignored obvious fire risks that proliferated everywhere else. The company had no in-house meteorology team before 2020 requiring a contract weather service to analyze weather risks to its system. It also, according to the plaintiffs, had only 16 weather stations covering 21,000 square square miles of service territory. Moreover, the plaintiffs contend the Pacific Corps didn't conduct regular rigorous training sessions to ensure operational responsibilities that were clearly delineated, that personnel had timely information on weather and the status of the system, and that they knew what to do with it. Plaintiffs' lawyers came back again and again to the notion the utility had ample warnings of the impending storm and its risks from the National Weather Service, from its own contract meteorologist, and even an 11th hour meeting with the state fire chief and the governor's chief of staff encouraging to shut off the power. And they repeatedly played recorded deposition testimony of company executives downplaying the nature of the risk or claiming they didn't have or even need information circulating about whether or real-time storm-caused outages on its very own system. All right, Oregon politics. Republicans again failed to show up for today's Senate session in Salem, continuing the ongoing stalemate. Governor Kotek said she's taking the walkout day by day and trusting lawmakers will reach a solution. Wow, that's a high level of trust. There is still six weeks left in the session and the legislature needs to approve a budget in that time. Now, if they don't, Kotek says she'll call a special session. Four senators already surpassed the 10 absence threshold and won't be allowed to run for re-election under ballot measure 13. The four are Senators Daniel Bonham, Dennis Linthicum, Cedric Hayden, and Brian Boquist. Today, six more Republicans hit the threshold with 10 unexcused absences. They are Senators Tim Canope, Bill Hansel, Lynn Finley, Suzanne Weber, Kim Thatcher, and Art Robinson. Republicans say they will challenge 113 in court. As a matter of fact, Senator Canope filed paperwork with the Secretary of State creating 
Oregon's 13 Constitutional Defense Fund. The Political Action Committee listed the PAC's purpose on the state filing as, quote, support Oregon Senate Republicans who fight for and support constitutional rights. Economists say Oregon's revenue forecast may be record-setting and much higher than previously expected. Following the announcement, Governor Tina Kotek called for bold action and pushed for what she called priorities in the budget. Bold action is the governor's way of saying, spend it! Oh, God, spend it! The Office of Economic Analysis presented the latest revenue forecast this week, projecting nearly $2 billion in additional tax receipts. The governor said it's an opportunity to focus on priorities, which is another way of saying, God, spend it! Spend it! The projected personal kicker is also up to a record-setting $5.5 billion dollars. In response, Senate Republican leader Tim Canope released a statement saying, Oregon families are on track to receive the largest kicker return they've ever received. Republicans trust Oregonians with their tax refund, their children, and their families. Okay. Governor Tina Kotek wants lawmakers to spend millions clearing a backlog of unclassified sex offenders. Believe it or not, there's nearly 15 thousand unclassified sex offenders who are Oregon residents. Now you may be asking, well, what does that mean? It means the state agency that's supposed to be monitoring them has absolutely no idea how dangerous those people are or are at a risk to commit another sex crime. Maybe asking yourself, what are they doing? The governor's office called the backlog clearly unacceptable. Kotek has called on lawmakers to spend $6.7 million clearing the backlog following the recent revenue forecast. State law requires the parole board to reclassify or actually classify every sex offender by December 1st of 2026. Governor Tina Kotek also said this week that Cannabis business owners who haven't paid their taxes won't be able to obtain or renew licenses to sell marijuana in Oregon. Now, this is interesting timing. Why? Well, because the order follows an investigation of plagued marijuana retailer LaModa, whose owners owe $3 million in federal and state taxes. And that was the company that disgraced Democratic Secretary of State Shamia Fagan was working for, for $10,000 a month. The same group that she included in on and helped her, shall we say, craft an audit of cannabis regulations in Oregon. Oh, nothing wrong with that. And also the same group that gave not checks, not cashier's checks, not debit cards or even credit cards, but actually bags of money to Oregon Democratic candidates during the last election period. Huh. What's the timing on that? Huh. Oh, by the way, Kotek received thousands, $25,000 from that same group. But she said, well, I'm, I'm going to donate that money. 
Also, Governor Kotek, along those lines, said she hasn't zeroed in on any specific candidates to appoint as Secretary of State following disgraced Democrat Shamia Fagan's resignation from the job in the wake of everything that we just talked about. Kotek told reporters that she is taking a slow and deliberate approach and that she has spent the last week thinking about the qualities necessary in the next Secretary of State. She claims she hasn't talked to anybody yet and she has no list. She, but she did say this isn't like some of the previous appointments to statewide offices, like when Republican Secretary of State Dennis Richardson died while in office. Kotek said, this is a scandal. This is a crisis of confidence in the agency. She said, many of my conversations have been around, how do you manage that? And she said, while she's still considering options, she will not insist that her eventual choice be a caretaker secretary of state who agrees not to run for the position next year. Well, in Portland, Mayor Ted Wheeler is working on a proposal to ban camping on city property from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. in an effort to stop permanent tent clusters and other structures from just forming on city streets and in parks. Unsheltered people would be prohibited from camping at any time, day or night, near schools, daycare centers, and other shelter sites. Wheeler aims to bring the new rules to fellow members of the Portland City Council for a vote before the end of the month. All right, well, this look at the news brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland of Chris Dental. They'll see anyone. They'll even see Rick, if Rick ever comes back to Oregon. So, all right, Rick, do your little real thing. Little real thing, Bill? Hmm. And I do see Dr. Bratland because I wait and go there to get my teeth done and cleaned and my checkups and had my crowns done and all that stuff. Since I moved, actually, a lot of that. Um, so anyway, don't you love listening to Bill's news? It's like, so um, who is who Who can the governor find to be secretary of state who didn't get money from the cannabis company? I guess that's how you pick. <laughs> it just gets weirder and weirder. Um, anyway, um, the, the whole country's in that place. Um, yeah, Ted Wheeler. I'm, I'm going to start calling him too late, Ted. It's like, what, now all of a sudden we should start doing something about all the camping and homelessness in Portland. It's like you caused this with your stupid decisions and your lame leadership. Um, so here's how I leave it. So this is Thursday, so we're not here till um, on Tuesday. Um, so have a good weekend and all that stuff. But here's the thing to remember, too. I mean, it's time to stand up for what you believe in, whether it's popular or not. Um, you know, I, I, I heard somebody making fun of mega... Republicans or whatever they are. Well, I'm not one of them, but, but MEGA stands for Make America Great Again. So who's against that? I mean, they've made that label now a negative to make America great again. I want America to be great, don't you? So what well, so I'm so I'm now part of this group that I'm not really part of because I agree with making America great again, but that's become that's the weirdest thing. So what's the alternative? Make it shitty? <laughs> keep America crappy like you know like it is uh, unbelievable um, that the, the the narrative that is being spun by the progressives um, and people fall for it and they and they let it rule their lives you know you, here's the thing people can call you whatever they want it doesn't mean that's who you are 
So maybe it's time for all of us to get strong in who we are and what we believe. And if you believe that America should be great again, then that's what you believe. If you believe that people should have the choice to have schools, abortion, to pick their health care, to decide whether they want a vaccine, then they should have all those choices. Um, and, but you should be able to talk about it. And um, the media is not going to destroy you. And I think what I'm learning is, yeah, I've had a friend this week, and you guys heard that, like, you know, trying to uh, ruin my business uh, because we believe differently. That's evil. And evil is out there. And so what we have to do is be good. Uh, doesn't mean we have to be nice to those people. It just means we have to tolerate them and, um, and keep fighting. Because I think America is worth fighting for. Um, I think um, I think you're worth fighting for. I think Oregon is worth fighting for. And I think stupidity and ignorance is worth fighting against. And so is evil. So you pick. All right, so we'll be back on Tuesday uh, with more um, and lots of good stuff coming up. Appreciate your patronage, uh, your, your, your interest in watching. Um, and we'll have a lot more for you. Have a great weekend and share this on your page because Facebook doesn't always like to share what I put out there. Huh, go figure. Come on, Elon Musk, buy Facebook and Instagram.